This is day five of our daily Bible reading. Let's take this time to unplug from the stresses of the world and the problems we have and just come to the Lord and comfort ourselves through his grace and through his truth today. Lord, Heavenly Father, as you lead us through the scriptures today, that you would calm our minds, quiet our hearts, and be receptive to you today that we won't let this world make us anxious, but rather you would bring peace beyond all understanding to us. As we go through your scripture, Lord, please teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we will be going through chapters 21 through 25 of the book of Genesis. Then the Lord took note of Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was one hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, mocking. Therefore she said to Abraham, Drive out this maid and her son, for the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac your descendants shall be named. And of the son of the maid I will make a nation also, because he is your descendant. So Abraham rose early in the morning, and took bread and a skin of water, and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder, and gave her the boy, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him, about a bowshot away, for she said, Do not let me see the boy die. And she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. God heard the lad crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water, 
and gave the lad a drink. God was with the lad, and he grew, and he lived in the wilderness and became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Now it came about at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my offspring or with my posterity, but according to the kindness that I have shown to you, you shall show to me and to the land in which you have sojourned. Abraham said, I swear it. But Abraham complained to Abimelech because of the well of water which the servants of Abimelech had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor did I hear of it until today. Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. Then Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Abimelech said to Abraham, What do these seven ewe lambs mean, which you have set by themselves? He said, You shall take these seven ewe lambs from my hand, so that it may be a witness to me that I dug this well. Therefore he called this place Beersheba, because there the two of them took an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba, and Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, arose and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned in the land of the Philistines for many days. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay over with the donkey, and I and the lad will go up here, and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took on his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the wood and the fire, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together.
Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there, and arranged the wood, and bound his son Isaac, and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad, and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his, th- by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide, as it is said to this day. In the mount of the Lord it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, indeed I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now it came about after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor. Uz, his firstborn, and Buz, his brother, and Kemuel, the father of Aram, and Chesed, and Hazo, and Pildash, and Jidlaf, and Bethuel. And Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Rumah, also bore Teba and Gaham, and Tahash and Meaka. Now Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham rose from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a stranger and a sojourner among you. Give me a burial site among you, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our graves. None of us will refuse you his grave for burying your dead. So Abraham rose and bowed to the people of the land, the sons of Heth. 
And he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish for me to bury my dead out of my sight, hear me, and approach Ephron, the son of Zohar, for me, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns, which is at the end of his field, for the full price, let him give it to me in your presence for a burial site. Now Ephron was sitting among the sons of Heth. And Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the sons of Heth, even of all who went in at the, the city gate, saying, No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. In the presence of the sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. And Abraham bowed before the people of the land. He spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, If you will only please listen to me, I will give the price of the field. Accept it from me, that I may bury my dead there. Then Ephron answered Abraham, saying to him, My lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth four hundred shekels of silver what is that between me and you? So bury your dead. Abraham listened to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver, which he had named in the hearing of the sons of Heth, four hundred shekels of silver, commercial standard. So Ephron's field, which was in Machpelah, which faced Mamre, the field and cave which was in it, and all the trees which are in the field, that were within all the confines of its border, were deeded over to Abraham for a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth, before all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field at Machpelah, facing Mamre, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is in it were deeded over to Abraham for a burial site by the sons of Heth. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I live. But you will go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to this land. Should I take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land, he will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this, 
my oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things of his master's in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. He said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today, and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, Please let down your jar so that I may drink, and who answers, Drink, and I will water your camels also, may she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin, and no man had had relations with her. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your jar. She said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. Now when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. Meanwhile, the man was gazing at her in silence, to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her wrists weighing ten shekels in gold, and said, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me. Is there room for us to lodge in your father's house? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. Again she said to him, We have plenty of straw and feed, and room to lodge in. Then the man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. He said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master. As for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. Then the girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran outside to the man at the spring. When he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, 
And when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, This is what the man said to me, he went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring. And he said, Come in, blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside, since I have prepared the house and a place for the camels? So the man entered the house. Then Laban unloaded the camels, and he gave straw and feed to the camels, and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. But when food was set before him to eat, he said, I will not eat until I have told my business. And he said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, so that he has become rich. And he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and servants and maids and camels and donkeys. Now Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master in her old age, and he has given him all that she has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live. But you shall go to my father's house and to my relatives and take a wife for my son. I said to my master, Suppose the woman does not follow me. He said to me, The Lord, before whom I have walked, will send his angel with you to make your journey successful, and you will take a wife for my son from my relatives and from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my relatives, and if they do not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. So I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will make my journey successful, behold, I am standing by the spring, and may it be that the maiden who comes out to draw, and to whom I say, Please let me drink a little water from your jar, and she will say to me, You drink, and I will draw for your camels also, let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder and went down to the spring and drew. And I said to her, Please let me drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will water your camels also. So I drank, and she watered the camels also. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. And I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. And I bowed low and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had guided me in the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. So now, if you are going to deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, let me know, that I may turn to the right hand or the left. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The matter comes from the Lord, 
so we cannot speak to you, good or bad. Here is Rebekah before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. The servant brought out articles of silver and articles of gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night. When they arose in the morning, he said, Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, Let the girl stay with us a few days, say ten. Afterward she may go. He said to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away, that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the girl and consult her wishes. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. Thus they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse with Abraham's servant and his men. They blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, O sister, become thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gate of those who hate them. Then Rebekah arose with her maids, and they mounted the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Now Isaac had come from going to Beer Lahai Roy, for he was living in the Negev. Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, camels were coming. Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel. She said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, He is my master. Then she took her veil and covered herself. The servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into her mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Thus Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Now Abraham took another wife, whose name was Keturah. She bore to him Zimran, and Jokshan, and Madan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan became the father of Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashurim, and Letushim, and Leumim. The sons of Midian were Ephah, and Ephur, and Hanak, and Abida, and Aldea. All these were the sons of Keturah. Now Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, and to the sons of his concubines Abraham gave gifts while he was still living, and sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the land of the east. These are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived, 
175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man and satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people. Then his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, facing Mamre, the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. It came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac lived by Beer Lahai Roy. Now these are the records of the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's maid, bore to Abraham. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names, in the order of their birth. Nebaioth, the firstborn of Ishmael, and Kedar, and Adbael, and Mibsan, and Mishma, and Duma, and Masa, Hadad, and Tema, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedemah. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names, by their villages and by their camps. Twelve princes, according to their tribes. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years. And he breathed his last and died, and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt, as one goes toward Assyria. He settled in defiance of all his relatives. Now these are the records of the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was forty years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padanaram, the sister of Laban the Aramean, to be his wife. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord answered him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples will be separated from your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now the first came forth red, all over, like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau. Afterward, his brother came forth with his hand holding on to Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was sixty years old when she gave birth to them. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a peaceful man, living in tents. Now Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. When Jacob had cooked stew, 
Esau came in from the field, and he was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, Please, let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, First sell me your birthright. Esau said, Behold, I am about to die, so what use is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, First swear to me. And he swore to him, and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. All right, that was quite a bit to go through today. Thanks for sticking with us to the end here. But all very good stuff, so I'll keep this as short as possible. So we see in chapter 21 the birth of the promised son, Isaac, that had been promised for many years before. And, I mean, we sometimes have to wait on the Lord for things too, but, you know, Abraham waited a very long time for this to happen. And then you see something I find really sad. You know, you see um, they're celebrating Isaac's weaning here around verse 9 and 10. When Sarah saw Ishmael mocking the whole thing, perhaps out of jealousy, and Sarah just lays down the law here and says, get them out of my sight. I don't want to see them anymore. And I would have reacted the same way as Abraham. I would have been distressed because, you know, I'd be exiling my own son because of what my wife is telling me to do. But he, but God endorses it. He says, you know, don't be a, don't be distressed because remember, I promised you that I was going to take care of him and make him a great nation. So don't forget what I promised you. And it looks like Hagar also needed that reminder because. Um, when they were in the wilderness, they were at the brink of death. I mean, they had gone out there, they were likely starving and dehydrated, and, you know, they were just miserable, and they were about to give up. But God, in His grace and keeping His promises, like He always does, comforts them and provides for them in the, in the wilderness. And we see at the end of our reading today that He lived to a good old age, about 100 and. 37, I think it was. So he he lived a good life, good long life. And what I like about this as well is that we, we, we typically want to see Hagar here and Ishmael as the underdogs. And because in some ways they are, and but they are not of the line that was going to carry on the, uh, eventually lead to the Messiah. Um, but because... Ishmael was the offspring of Abraham. He still promised to take care of him. And so uh, we, we should expect that same promise from the Lord, that he'll take care of us no matter what. And um, what, regardless if we're famous in as a Christian or if we're a very background person, it doesn't matter. God loves us regardless. So then we see this story, which... Um, if you're any, if you spent any length of time in Sunday school stuff like that, then you've you've heard this story about um, 
going out and finding a wife for Isaac here. Um, but before we do that, we have to go through chapter 22. This one is a very significant chapter here. So you see that some of the wording intentionally put in here by God, that whole language of take your son, your only son whom you love, and take them to the land of Moriah, which Moriah, the, mount, the, the mountain of Moriah, where Abraham went, is the site of the current temple in Israel. And so it, it was a very significant place. And, you know, some say that around there also was where Jesus was crucified as well. We don't know that for sure, but it was all very in very close proximity with each other. And you just see something that I, I really, it blows my mind how Abraham did that. But he knew the Lord so well and trusted him so deeply that he was a hundred years old when Isaac was born to him and to sacrifice him and go through with it. You, you know, it makes you wonder what was going through Abraham's mind, but he obeyed immediately without hesitation. And you just see his reaction. You know, I'm sure that Isaac is not sure what's going on. Like, Dad, what are you doing? Where's the where's the lamb? Why am I being put on this altar? I'm sure that was. I have three boys, and that that would just break my heart doing that. And quite honestly, unless the Lord wills it to be so, I don't know if I would have gone through it. I don't know if I would have gone through with it. I would have hesitated like no one's business. But then again, Abraham was great because he understood God and he saw many wonders in his day. And he knew that nothing was impossible for God because God told him so. He was so sure that he could go through with sacrificing Isaac that God was gracious enough to bring him back to life. That's how much he trusted the Lord. And wouldn't you know it, he was about to do it. He demonstrated his faith, and he provided a substitute. What does all that sound like? That sounds like Christ, Jesus Christ. God sent his only son that he loved to the cross and sacrificed him for us, and he was our substitute, because we all should have been on that cross. We all deserve to be on the cross because of our sin, but Jesus did it for us. He was the sacrifice. He was the ram at this place. And so Abraham called the place the Lord will provide, which is Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Jireh. The Lord will see to it. How, how wonderful is our God. And because he obeyed, he further blessed him. And then Sarah dies, and he goes through a, uh, I insist, no, you, no, I insist, no, I insist with the people of Heth, and they end up getting the burial site uh, 
for that is going to be significant later on in uh, the stories because even even as far as the end of Genesis, we still hear about this place. It is a uh, ancestral ground for the line of Abraham. And then we see the marriage of Isaac, or rather seeking his bride, Rebecca. And, you know, in our day and age, placing your hand under somebody's thigh seems a little weird, but back then, that was a, uh, you know, a sign of, of an oath. And um, as if, like, you're vowing upon the circumcision of the, of God. So, you know, you're swearing by God, if you will, uh, by doing something like that. Very deep promise that you cannot break. So, uh, but he went and obeyed his master. Abraham said, go to my, my family and find a wife for my son. And he prayed, and in faith he looked for a sign. God gave him the sign that he wanted. And she turned out to be everything that he hoped for and better. And then you see him recapping to them everything that happened and and all that. And then you see a name in here that Rebecca is related to. She has a brother named Laban. And we're going to see this man here later, in, not in the, in the best way, <laughs> but you will see his name pop up later uh, in the next couple of days. So without delay, they take Rebecca, and she willingly goes, and they, they meet Isaac. He's meditating in the field, and which is a very good thing. I mean, he's, he's, he's also is staying close to the Lord, just like his father Abraham did. And so another godly man to uh, look at here and carrying on the uh, patriarchal line. Then he uh, makes Rebecca his wife, loves her very much, and ends up having twins through her. And then we see Abraham take another wife in his old age. I mean, at this point, um, we don't really know how old Abraham is, but he's well near the end of his life. Um, probably more or less 10 to 20 years before he actually dies. Now, she was a concubine, um, so we don't know if Abraham married her while Sarah was alive or not, but um, he ended up... Uh, taking her as a wife and having more children. And a lot of these names will appear later um, as we're going through um, the Exodus, going through the uh, returning to the land of Canaan through Joshua. Uh, we're going to see some of these names pop up again because uh, every, every child of Abraham's in some way or another became a nation as God promised. And you see also, and I think it's pretty awesome as well, that God leaves a, uh, a genealogy for Ishmael. Because even though Ishmael was not the chosen line for the Messiah, God still honored him and kept his promise through Abraham and uh, made him a great nation. Exactly like he said, that there, he would have 12 princes, which he ended up having 12 children 
He lived a long life, and he they all settled east of Egypt, east of the rest of his relatives, exactly as God said. So nothing that God says that as were a waste, and it always comes true. And again, these are the Arab people of today, and they're still east of their original brethren. So, and then we see Jacob and Esau enter the scene, and we're going to be dealing with him for the next day or two, and we're going to see what kind of a rascal this man is. <laughs> and uh, so Esau was born first. He was a very hairy, red-headed man. And uh, Jacob came out holding on to his heel, which that's exactly what his name means. It means heel catcher or, or supplanter, which is exactly his nature as well from the very beginning. And Esau, meaning red, which also later on he's called Edom. And that's exactly what Edom means, which is this red thing. You know, that's kind of like a nickname, if you will, for him, because of that, what he said, you know, let me have some of that red stuff. Let me have some of that Edom, if you will. And, uh, but you just see how, you'll see later on in the Bible that God literally says that he hates Esau nearly from the beginning, or actually from the beginning, because he knew how Esau was going to be. And Esau from the very beginning, despised his birthright. And he dis he disobeyed the Lord to the very end. And that's why when we see the Exodus and we're, they're trying to travel toward the promised land, they have to travel through the land of Edom. And Edom wants nothing to do with them, the people of Jacob. So that old rivalry carries on into their... The, their future generations. So they will always be at odds with each other, unfortunately. But um, we see Jacob's sneakiness here. So and we're going to see a lot more of it as we go on, but that's we'll, we'll save that for next time. So uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is the fifth day. So if you've made it this far, you have completed a a business week of reading the Bible. So we're one week in. We still have many more to go, but you've made it this far. So great job, and I hope you keep it up. Until next time, I'm Ryan. Thank you for joining us, and have a great day. God bless you.